Hello, welcome to the BL Portfolio podcast coming from Business Lines in-house research team. At BL Portfolio, we slice and dice stocks, mutual funds, insurance and other financial products as well as give you sound ideas to manage your money. I am Kumar Shankar Roy, Senior Assistant Editor. If you dabble in investments, you must have heard about funds, that is mutual funds, right? But have you come across any product which invests in mutual funds itself? If you said fund of funds, then you are right. A plain vanilla mutual fund invests money collected from investors like you and me in equities, bonds, money market instruments and other securities. But in a fund of fund or FOF structure, investment is made in one or more mutual funds rather than investing directly in securities. Asset management companies or fund houses have launched eight equity FOFs in just six months. So there is palpable interest about these products. In total, if you count all the existing FOFs, the number is about 120. To talk more about this product, its scope, types, pros and cons, taxation treatment and much more, I have my talented colleague today, Parv Shah, research analyst. Hi, Parv. Hi, Kumar. Parv, just to understand this better, FOFs and also the underlying funds, that is where they invest, exist, right? So both of these uh, uh, types of funds exist. Then what is the need to indirectly get exposure to the underlying funds through FOF? Can we not directly invest in those funds? So Kumar, the answer to this question is yes and no. Okay. Let me explain it to you Hmm. by giving certain case uses. Okay. So let's say you want to invest in ETFs or exchange traded funds as we say. Hmm. To invest in ETFs, you will need a DMAT account. Correct, correct. So now, if you don't have a DMAT account, you can't invest in ETFs. Hmm. This is where fund of fund FOF comes into picture. Okay. And FOF for that ETF will allow you to get exposure to that without a DMAT account. Okay. Plus, you can't have SIPs or systematic investment plans as we say in Mm. ETFs in the manner you have in regular funds. Okay. Okay. So, this FOF route helps in doing SIPs efficiently as the money from the FOF goes into the ETF which you wanted. So, the second is FOFs make certain investments accessible. Mm. For instance, What if you want to invest in a US-based fund that is a globally renowned fund manager or let's say you want to invest in a theme Hmm. like artificial intelligence, electric vehicle or biotech healthcare solutions or even digital cash Hmm. which are not available in India. Hmm. You can access them through Indian-based FOFs which will invest in such thematic funds based out of US or anywhere globally per se. Okay, now that makes sense. So actually, in fact, I have myself thought about investing a lot of these themes, oh. but they are not available in India. So yeah, that is a exactly. problem. I think FOFs is a route that I can consider. Yes. But uh, I have a question, right? See, there is no free lunch, especially in the financial world, right? But, so <laughs> tell us about the costs involved in FOF, which is making all this happen yeah. for us. Yeah, yeah, right, Kumar. So typically, investing in an FOF can be a bit costlier compared to regular mutual funds. Okay. So why? Mm. Because... It involves an additional layer of expense alongside the funds in which an FOF ultimately invests. Okay, so FOF is at the like the top layer and yeah. the bottom layer is the other fund. The underlying so both fund. the costs are getting added up? Yes, okay. exactly. Hmm. So let me explain it through an example. Hmm. For example, the total expense ratio hmm. as the TER we say hmm. of say Motilal Oswal Nasdaq 100 FOF hmm. is about 0.6%. Okay. So it will include the 0.5% of the underlying fund which is Motilal Oswal Nasdaq 100 ETF. Okay. But if you have invested directly in the latter ETF. You, yeah, the huh. ETF. Huh. You would have saved 10 basis points 
But as said earlier, investments in ETF can be done only via a DMAT account. Right. So there is always a cost which will be slightly higher. Okay. Okay. Uh, fair point. I think this is good point. But uh, like there are SEBI defined rules regarding FOF charges. Are they these kind of rules are there? Uh, like they have defined it for regular mutual funds. There is a, a framework for charging costs there. So do they exist in the FOF world also? Yeah. The same goes for FOFs. Okay. So there are some rules regarding that. I'll explain you. Hmm. One. FOFs that invest in actively managed equity schemes hmm. and that of the schemes other than equity hmm. will have the maximum TER of 2.25% and 2% respectively. Okay, so let uh, actively manage equity schemes 2.25% maximum TER yes. and other than equity uh, it's, it's 2%, 2%, right? Okay. Right. Uh, this actively managed schemes hmm. means the schemes in which the fund employs a professional portfolio manager hmm. or say a team of managers to decide which underlying investments to choose for the portfolio. What about the passively managed uh, section? What happens there? So yes, for the passively managed schemes hmm. and the liquid funds. Hmm. The like maximum, FOFs which are investing in them. Yeah, in the okay. liquid funds and this index hmm. funds and ETFs. Hmm. For them, the maximum TR allowed is 1%. Oh. Oh, that's good. This is quite helpful, Parv. But I have another question. For plain vanilla funds, there are about three dozen clearly demarcated categories, right? We had a SEBI yes. recategorizing exercise and then there's a lot of things that have happened right. there. Do FOFs also have different categories? So that's a great question, Kumar. Mm. But uh, see, FOFs don't actually have that kind of specifically defined categories as defined by SEBI, mm. right? But to make the process simple for our listeners, one can broadly put FOFs into three buckets. Okay, okay. So one, there are FOFs which invest in units of one or more ETFs which replicate broad-based equity market indices. Okay. So when I say broad-based, hmm. I mean the indices or the stock basket used to track the performance of a large group of stocks picked to represent the broader stock market. Okay. Right. This ETF FOFs can either be based on domestic indices or can also or be of international arena. Okay. Right. Okay. So for domestic focus, we have funds like Axis Equity ETFs FOF. Okay. It will invest in ETFs which replicate Indian based indices like Nifty 50, Nifty Next 50 or Nifty Midcap 150 and some other also. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, on the other hand, we also have funds like Kotak Nasdaq 100 FOF, hmm. which will invest in units of iShares Nasdaq USITS ETF. Hmm. So it will replicate the US-based Nasdaq 100 index. Okay. Okay. Coming to the second, uh, there are gold FOFs. So gold FOFs will primarily invest in gold-based ETFs of the same fund house. Okay. For instance, hmm. H, uh, there is HDFC Gold Fund FOF. Hmm. Yes. So it will invest in its own uh, fund HDFC Gold ETF, which in turn invest in gold and gold-based securities. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the third is multi-asset FOF. Hmm. So this multi-asset FOFs attempt to provide investors with exposure hmm. to diverse set of asset classes. Okay. Like equities, bonds, and gold per se. Okay. Like it's like a, a three-in-one kind of solution. Uh, or four in one solution depending yeah. on the asset classes in a and single so FOF. In a single FOF. Okay, so uh, is there an example of a multi asset FOF? Yes. Take uh, ICICI Prudential Passive Multi Asset FOF, for instance. Okay. So it invests in ETFs based on equity indices like Nifty 50 and Bank Nifty. Okay. Then it also invests in the bond securities like uh, bond ETFs, hmm. which are Bharat bond ETFs. 
Okay, that's a fixed income. That's a fixed asset. Okay, fixed income. Hmm. Right. Along with that, it also invests in gold, hmm. and it also gives exposure to international ETFs. Oh, so they do gold ETFs and international ETFs also. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, that was a helpful explanation, Parv. Uh, but how is the taxation treatment for fund of funds? I mean, uh, basically, fund of funds, as you tell us, it's like a regular fund. So the tax thing also will be same, right? See, the tax treatment of FOFs is a bit different from the other plain vanilla mutual funds. Okay. If an FOF invests more than ninety percent in domestic equity securities, then it gets the tax benefit of a regular equity mutual fund scheme. Okay. So the short-term capital gains will be taxed at fifteen percent if the FOF units are sold within one year, while if they are sold after one year, hmm. the LTCG, that is the long-term capital gain, will be taxed at ten percent if profits will exceed one lakh rupees a year. Okay. So this is for uh, FOFs which. Invest more than ninety percent in domestic equity securities, then the treatment is like uh, for an equity fund, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So what happens for uh, FOFs which are equity oriented and have less than ninety percent? So let us assume eighty-five percent they have. Right. So what happens to them? They are treated in a different manner. Yeah. So they will be treated like a debt fund. Oh. So a debt fund. So even if they have like eighty percent, eighty-five percent, they're still. Uh, Debt fund. Yeah, anything below ninety percent, they will be taxed like a debt fund. Okay. So I, I'll explain you. Hmm. So for that, the STCG hmm. will be based on investor's income tax slab. Hmm. If he uh, so if he sells the uh, FOF units within three years, that hmm. STCG will be applied. Okay. Right. While if he sells beyond three years, the hmm. LTCG gains will be uh, face will be facing a levy of twenty percent with indexation benefit. If they are uh, if they are sold, sold beyond three years, three years. Okay, yeah. but uh, let's discuss another important point. Uh, like the FOFs, like when should people kind of go for FOFs? Because uh, obviously it's a different product. It has some pros and cons, and it gives us a lot of stuff. See, as you said earlier, mm. there are a plethora of FOFs yes. right now present, Correct. right? Current Correct. around about one twenty. About one twenty. Right. Yes, but. what i think is investors should only go for those kind of fofs mm. you know which are not easily accessible mm. like uh, let's say if an investor doesn't hold a dmat account mm. then only he should go for the etf fofs yes or let's say if uh, an international fund mm. comes you know which has a theme which is not present in india mm. they can go for such kind of fof mm. you know if an fof invest in such schemes Yes. Yes. So yes, I would advise investors to invest in those FOFs basically. Yes. So like unless there is like a I mean unless you don't have any other option you should uh, look at FOFs in that manner when the option is there of underlying fund which is available to you go for the underlying yeah. fund and uh, try and become eligible like if you have want to open a demat account or something if you don't for some any reason then only people should go exactly. for FOFs right? right. Thanks sure. a lot Parv for demystifying this concept of fund of funds. I hope our listeners will now have a better understanding of this fund structure. That's it from us this week then. Stay tuned for further podcasts and actionable advice from us at BL Portfolio. Read us in print on Sundays and online at the hindubusinessline.com/portfolio. Do share our podcasts in your circles if you find them useful. Thank you. Mm-hmm.